0: Hello, and welcome to episode 173 of the In Squash podcast, and it's a good one. I'm your host, uh, Jerry Gibson. Uh, Today, uh, we have on, and we have him on uh, about every six months or so, a friend of the podcast, uh, Jesse Engelbrick, shot out of a cannon yet again. I'd like to use that expression when it comes to Jesse. And uh, this time, he's on to talk about his uh, his new app, uh, Squash Mind. And it's something uh, we all know that there's so much out there in terms of uh, the Mental game in sports, but there's really nothing out there that really specifically gives us uh, intel on the the squash mental game. A lot of it uh, is here on this podcast today. Jesse takes us through uh, his app, which uh, covers so many uh, different areas, but uh, puts a squash spin on things. And uh, we get into some some great discussions, and and Jesse uh, fleshes out a lot of it here on the pod today. Uh, I think what I was able to do, uh, I mean, I. I don't have a professional playing background per se on the tour, but I I have played at a high level, so I was able to sort of contribute a little bit, and uh, Jesse really uh, provides some great insight and shows us how his app will work to help us with our squash uh, mental game. And there's a lot in in this podcast that will help you uh, sort of navigate the app once you get your hands on it if you haven't uh, done so already. So Jesse Engelbrecht on the the podcast today on episode 170. Um, we've got another one coming up shortly after this one as well with Ong Bang Hee. I've had uh, Jesse and Ong Bang Hee both in the can here for a few uh, days, so I want to get these out as quickly as possible uh, as well. So I know you're going to enjoy this one, and uh, shortly after this, we'll have uh, Ong Bang Hee on. But uh, before uh, we get into episode 173, just a quick uh, note on our sponsor, Active Scout. Uh, right now, important to continue to try to grow the game despite the circumstances you know your club may be open it may not but once it does we need to have some way of uh, growing the game getting people in the squash community in your community connected and by uh, going to active that's one way to do this get your management involved and they can really thrive hopefully to try or try to bring uh People back to the squash courts and get them connected so what you want to try what you want to do is go to ActiveScout.com. that's active a c t i v dot uh, uh active active without the e and take a look at their app and see uh, what your management and what you can do once your club opens and even when it's not open what you guys can do to continue to try to grow the game under these uh difficult circumstances now episode 173 the squash mind actually it's squash mind with jesse Engelbrink.
1: Hey, uh, jerry how's it how are you doing sir yeah good very well <laughs> thanks how's, how, how's life your side life is good
0: life is good it's winter here in the uae so uh i, I I'm, I'm assuming you know it what that it means it's the good weather
1: i was gonna say hit me with how how terrible your winter is what's going on there
0: yeah, well, I play golf all day, so <laughs> oh, uh,
1: tough life for some, eh? Sure, jeez. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and there's squat. We're we're allowed to play squash uh, here. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: is it is it is it full like full play? You don't have to do any sides or anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's full play. I mean, it, it's more just the fact that I think the hotel isn't really, uh, you know, they don't have their protocol or their, you know, the things. Right. The management isn't really focused as much as they should be on that so we okay. we've complained a little bit but right you know uh yeah we're, i mean i'm pretty mindful of, of everything you know i just play with the same partners and stuff all the time and right. it's just two okay. on the court and no one in the gallery but uh she's yeah. got a,
1: a bit that must be amazing because yeah it's 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 pretty pretty grim in england yeah, I mean, and i US haven't days. had
0: the experience uh, of you know any r- real serious restrictions just, just the normal ones like with, with work. Um, uh, you know, we, we're, we're half uh, mostly online, uh, cause yeah. I work in college here. Uh, my daughter's, uh, she has the option of going to school or not, but, uh, okay. but everything else is wide open. It's like, wow. Uh, Amazing. Eh?
1: Yeah. So it felt like guys, What about,
0: what about in the UK? I mean,
1: uh, yeah, you've probably seen what's been happening. Um, I think Boris is speaking early next week. Um, there's i don't know if you saw yesterday there were some leaked documents about christmas time Did you <laughs> see leaked this
0: documents okay yeah
1: yeah leaked documents about pretty much what everyone was fearing that i think they're going to open it up for christmas for like maybe 10 days and then just lock it off the christmas again um wow. so that's yeah that that's that's the room of where it's at at the moment so we come out of lockdown on the 3rd of december apparently and then maybe have who knows maybe Christmas time and then it, it goes back to square one. So yeah, pretty right. pretty grim. But hey, being positive myself as as I always am. So absolutely. That.
0: Well, that, I mean that that's what the that's why we're here today in in yeah. a, in, in a way, right? Yeah, positive. Yeah. It's all about the mindset. But uh, yeah, before we get started, obviously mm-hmm. uh, as we just said, the UK is in lockdown, and that also I guess means. Um, uh, squash is in lockdown, of course, but uh, how, how does that? Uh, how's it impacted uh, you as you know with your coaching and with everything that you're doing and with the the players that you're that you work with?
1: Yeah, I know massively. Hey, we um we had a great little probably three month period where squash was pretty much getting back to normal and the momentum was building. So, yeah, private clients were just buzzing. Everyone was back on court. i I'd, I'd got my private lessons back up to where they were. Mm. Um, the club was running good. And what was really interesting was it was really difficult with the pros. So with a couple of pros I'm working with, man they they found that hard. Eh? the motivation levels, mm. the um, I'm not sure if you've heard, but like when they had to go to tournaments, they'd have to arrive, say, on the Wednesday, get yeah. a test on the Wednesday or Thursday, and then sit in their hotel room for forty eight hours before yeah. they could even hit a ball again, and then just be expecting to play and turn on their best performances. It, yeah. look everyone was in the same boat but but particularly the ones i was working with you know we really try to put some things in place to help them mm. but yeah they just said they were lethargic um they weren't seeing the game they weren't sharp everything was on the back foot so mm. yeah i really really felt for them and then obviously going to the subsequent lockdown the motivation was pretty low before yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's gone a little bit a little bit lower unfortunately um so yeah it, it's at the moment I guess it's, just it's checking...
0: tough too for a lot of the i mean for a lot of the A lot of players around the world they are either based in, a lot of them are based in the UK or, you know, based in Egypt where things are a little bit better, uh, a Mm -hmm. a lot better actually, in terms of access to squash. But uh, I guess for those players in the UK, like a lot of them are based out of their big squash camps, you know, the Rob Owens, yourself, uh, you know, all the others uh, that are there as well. Um, The elite squash
1: england squash england squash have, have done a good bit of work they've kept a couple of facilities open where the pros can go in and train which is which has been a a, a gift um, bishops um i, I uh, What's I completely I've gone blank with the club name? I'll think of it in NSA. oh, Berkhamstead, of course. Berkhamstead have okay, kept open yeah. and then, um, also up in a place called Hatfield, which is just north London. So they've kept two clubs open around about London where all the England squash players can go in and play. So, okay, so you know, that, that's, that's, that's
0: been what the government's allowed, allowing that? Are they just because because it's yes, a, a elite, England squash and, basically?
1: And uh, exactly, only elite yeah. sports person. So club players can't play, the general public can't play. It's just for people players the pros who are on the england squash program so yeah they're they're, they're
0: considered a bubble i guess right exactly
1: exactly which which, again there's a lot of gray area here isn't there but Mm -hmm. hey at least it's keeping them semi-motivated but yes some of them just don't know when the next tournament's coming up there's nothing for them so to keep the motivation levels is is tough and that's all i'm doing i'm just trying to check in with them and just check where their mind is at and 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 Yeah. yeah just Try try find some stuff that I we. I think can
0: you do. you were working with uh, with Tom Richards for a little bit, weren't you? Uh, uh, and he played uh, in the I think it was Qatar. I think he played Qatar, yes. and he played yeah. pretty well, I thought. Um, yeah, there. he I, I, had, I, I, yeah, I forget who he lost, uh, uh, yes, he lost to. Was it Sur?
1: Yes, he lost to Surab there. Yeah, he yeah. had a good first match. Um, and, and yeah, like, like, again, he was just saying like, like we would prepared well for Surav and try to do our things with that. And yeah, just, just said he was slow out the blocks again, the lethargic side of things. And it's the same for everyone. So he's not making an excuse. It was just observations. Um, and then, yeah, like, like same with Allison and Tom, you know, there's, there's been like great little sparks here and there. And, and unfortunately shame Allison in her first tournament back was match ball up against Tesney Evans and yeah. just managed yeah. to get that one taken away from her. And she played really well, I thought. And, and actually, I think it did, it did knock her slightly, which you would expect, but you know, we jumped back on, we got back on court, we were training and, you know, we, we try to do things the right way as best we could. Um, with the circumstances and you know that that's what i i really respect and love about the plays there's an open dialogue there's an honesty they're not they're not coming to me and saying yeah we're feeling great and we're motivated that they, they can share their their thoughts their fears their yeah. insecurities and that type of stuff and you know it gives it gives me opportunity to try and work on it even even if i'm still discovering it myself as well so yeah it's it's been a, a well, challenge. Yeah, it's
0: thing. a whole thing isn't it this whole thing it's it's all about discovering something new it's probably opening i mean obviously with what we're going to get into uh today a whole new uh thing with the you know we, we're all aware of uh of mental training and the the mental thing the ment- the, the mental part of the game of every sport is is such a, yes. a big thing these days but now even more so uh, Absolutely. uh and, and, and especially this visualization attention. stuff that that uh, you're getting into because I'm, just, I'm i just finished watching two episodes of uh, the queen's gambit I don't know if you've seen that on yes, Netflix
1: I, I want to see it it's on my watch list oh my it looks, goodness. I mean, the, visualization? visualization yeah that's my Netflix over this weekend then because I, I saw the advert I was like actually that looks really interesting but actually if there's a visualization part I'm, I'm oh yeah well well
0: it's sort of a, uh, you know she she takes a she takes something to enhance the visualization element of it okay. but but still uh, uh, what she's doing is probably what a lot of players do that are sort of thinking outside the box is when, you know, when you lay down and go to sleep, you, you play out rallies, you play in your mind, how, how you'd like things to play out. That's what, what she does on the chessboard.
1: Yeah. And, and some of the, some of the basic science behind that, and, and this is what I go on to talk about in the app and a lot of the, the training that I'm doing of late, it's, when you when you visualize properly when you do deep visualization and you bring in sounds color smells emotions the same neural pathways are activated as if you're experiencing that event in real life and they're doing brain scans on people who do these deep visualizations and actually like the 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 neurons and the synaptic nerves and the myelin sheaths are all getting strengthened as if you're doing that thing for real. So there's, there's a great bunch of research in the last 10 years or so around visualization yeah. in, in the lab-based work, but then you also hear firsthand athlete experiences. You hear the Conor McGregor's and the Michael Phelps talking about how they visualize walking into the arena and mm. the emotions and the sounds of all this. So when it happens, they've yeah. been there. They, it's not a surprise. They're not getting freaked out by it. They've rehearsed it so many times in their minds that it's just like they are in their front living room. And, and that's, that's powerful. So they're dealing with nerves and pressure and obstacles and tension. And so, yeah, like for me, it's, it's a field that, again, if I can bring it into squash and, and I think I've just started to scratch the surface with it, it, it's really motivating and fascinating at the same time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I downloaded the the app yesterday and uh, okay. got through got through a little bit of it. So let, let, let's uh, it's called the squash mind, the, the yeah. app, right? Yeah, And uh, so where was i guess basically a good first starting point would be where was the uh, where's the app born from
1: yeah so pretty much in in i suppose lockdown was definitely it was born in there um when i was I, I went out to south africa to see my folks for two or three weeks and i got stuck there for three months so it seemed like <laughs> an opportune time to yeah. get creative and, and actually a few of my my players my juniors and one one lad in particular oliver he was brilliant he reached out to me and said listen I'm I'm physically training. I'm trying to do some ball skills, but what else can I work on? And, you know, we'd actually been talking about his mindset in tournaments and stuff of late. And I was like, well, you know what, let me, let me do a couple of recordings for you just on my phone and I will send them to you. And that's how it was basically born. It was a conversation between me and Oliver and he wanted to work on some mind stuff and visualizations and some lessons, some theory lessons about what's going on in the mind. And I just, I hit a bit of a creative scene for about two months and started uploading lessons on SoundCloud, started putting them in different playlists, um, you know, kind of going from tactics to movements, to some theory lessons. And the appetite seemed quite good. Like a few of my players started listening. Some of the general public started commenting on it, which was nice. Yeah. And yeah, it, it then, it then felt like, you know, what yeah,
0: yes, it started sorry. as a, like as a podcast, didn't it? Like you, you started talking about it on, on your, on the podcast that you have. And then yes. it was born out of maybe that, that podcast. It, it evolved out of that, didn't
1: it? Correct. I, I think, I think you. I can look at it from loads of different directions. I, I, you know, I was lucky <laughs> enough a few yeah. a, a few years ago to study a master's degree in, in mental toughness, with, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that was amazing. And I think that was the seed that got planted. Another seed that got planted was my personal battle with the mental side of the game where I felt I've massively let myself down mm-hmm. and, yes, the podcast came into it, the recordings from the junior and all, it came from different angles. And what I started to discover was, and this was a very personal thing, I didn't find mental training and mindfulness and visualization and meditation easily accessible, like in my pocket. And I could, something I could just go to quite instantaneously. Mm -hmm. And that's where I thought one of my big barriers was when I was a player, I, I would get, I would sit in a classroom with a sports psychologist, we'd do some visualizations and we'd work on it. That's sat over here, but what was interesting is there was this massive gap in my normal life, and then I would only start to work on my mind in my training environment, on my tournaments, and I wasn't I wasn't allowing myself to work on my mind during day to day experiences and interactions. So yeah. for me, it was ease of use. I, I I wasn't guided, I think, in a way that was easy and practical to use in everyday life. So that's a big philosophy of Squash Mind is. It wants to be your coach in your pocket and something that is super easy to pick up. You can listen to a two-minute meditation on a body scan, or you can listen to a twenty-minute visualization lesson in regard to how to start a match and everything in between. So, yeah, I guess yeah, if you easy.
0: don't, uh, I mean, if you're if you're only dealing with the with the mindset element when you're at, at the venue or just before squash match or before a tournament, if you're not actually doing it as part of your routine you're not giving yourself the chance to uh, to build on it you're just reacting
1: completely and and yeah. again and that's think about how how long our life is where we are not in a training environment and not in competition it's the majority of, of players lives where they're mm-hmm. awake in that environment so in my mind why aren't we doing things to 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 strengthen those neural pathways to prepare mm-hmm. ourselves to you know and, and and for it to become a daily habit where even, even things I'm, I'm doing a lot of, of now is really challenging my players that even from going from interaction to interaction. So if you're on your computer and you want to go make a cup of tea, you know what? Have a 20-second micro meditation. You know, you can just stay there and just, and just work on your mindfulness for 20 seconds. And, and the app brings in all of these little parts. So it's not just a squash thing where you're thinking of tactics and movement. Mm-hmm. A massive part of the app is based on mindfulness during the day and, and really just trying to practice that clear mind. Yeah. Because one of the most interesting things I've heard, and I, I, I do this as a coach and I've heard other coaches say this and, and players come to me and, and complain about it. They say, oh, the coach tells me to be in the moment on the court. They say, come on, you've got to stay in the moment. You've got to, you've got to focus. You've got to concentrate. But we, we're doing nothing in between our periods. And how are we expecting our players to stay in the moment when the pressure is massive and they're competing? Yeah how yeah. can you expect to flip that switch? Yes. If you're, so, if you're doing, if
0: you're doing that, right. You're, you're, you're filling your mind with something you're forcing yourself to do, it, which correct. is, you know, com, you know, filling, putting something in your head, which is not what mm-hmm. you want to do. I don't think you want exactly. to do it subconsciously almost. Right.
1: Correct. Completely correct. And that's exactly what a lot of squash mind is and, and, and these training packages I've started to go with people. So the app sits there as its own thing, but, but, the, the training has been interesting and we might talk about that in time. And yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about getting my players and, and people I'm working with to go, actually, you know what, your, your, your day-to-day life and interactions and experiences are great lessons and opportunities to practice what you're probably going to do on the court later on. You mm-hmm. know, obviously the pressure is dialed up on court, but if you are, if you are dealing with arguments or confrontation or stresses in your day-to-day life in a very balanced way, you know what, and when you get onto the court under pressure, that skill should be transferable. And yeah. again, I've read yeah. a lot around this and that, that's where I'm quite excited to to keep expanding it and open it out. To yeah,
0: I guess we're creatures of habit uh, just in our own lives and we bring it a- everywhere. Uh, no, yeah. I was just going to say before we get into the podcast and, and this is, you know, just, uh, I was thinking about, uh, you know, the visualization thing that I, that we were just talking about. And yeah. uh, so much of, uh, I think when we get on court, we bring a lot of scar tissue with us, whether it's a okay. uh, in squash or in, in any sport, but the, mm-hmm. this whole element of visualizing positivity—the uh, way you know, in the queen's gambit, as you'll see in a few days with Dida, she just sort of goes through these, these the series of chess moves that are going to lead to uh, success for her. Uh, wow. I guess that 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 kind of uh, positivity in your visualization is bound to have an impact on you if it becomes part of your you know routine
1: yes and but but what's really interesting this is where i also struggled because mm. so i'll ask you a question here jerry what if you obviously visualize the perfect match and you do it for a week before you know the player everything's going right what happens as soon as an obstacle gets thrown in your way during the match and something goes mm. wrong don't you your question yourself, okay well i visualize perfectly i've prepared for everything in a really positive clean environment but yeah. how often is squash that clean and that kind to us it's chaotic when we get on there it's chaotic so like so say you visualize perfectly and then you you get confronted with an obstacle what what that's might be
0: that has got to be an element that you inject into the visualization it's got to be i got to throw you know i got to think okay obviously it's not going to be perfect i got to throw in a few little things how am <laughs> i going to react I, react positively you know Yeah. Well, if, and if, so, so what, a, during adverse adversity is going to happen right
1: Completely. And and that's where I think a lot of the, um. so when you say the word within positivity within visualization, I think a lot of people automatically think, oh, I'm just going to create these very happy thoughts and images mm-hmm. and it's going to be perfect and neat and kind. And you know what? The real world is kind of the complete opposite to no, that. Especially these um, days yeah exactly and so what's happened what's happened a lot and a lot of the research i've come across and this is a great example there's there's a massive school of thought around the idea of negative visualization whereby you are Mm. continually visualizing obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and visualizing and and putting in solutions to get around those obstacles so i can't remember who heard this from no
0: excuses finding solutions
1: exactly and 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 so a lot of what I'm trying to bring in squash mind is yes, here's your great ideal world situation, but here's your obstacles. So um what I'm I'm thinking of and what what I've heard, and again, I can't take credit for this, but there was an athlete saying, say, say you're competing on Sunday. On Monday to Friday, every one of his mental training sessions was all the negative visualizations. So he was constantly being battered around and constantly finding solutions. But then on the Saturday, all of Saturday. And then on Sunday morning, he'd flipped it into the positive one. So he then entered the arena in a very positive state of mind going, Hey, my last few visualizations were this very positive playing perfectly. I'm right on my game. But the five days before was all about fighting fire. So whenever something Mm -hmm. appeared, he was prepared for that as well. And I think that's a perfect balance. If you you can start working on that, going, right, here's my negative visualizations. And negative visualizations aren't there to bring you down or make you feel depressed. And go, oh, my goodness, the whole world is crazy. It's to give you a armor plating, in essence. It's to give you that robustness for when you are playing and it's not perfect. And I'm yeah. really interested in that side of it as well.
0: Yeah, it sounds it sounds like uh, it's almost like if you're going on court and actually doing practice, but this would be mental. Uh, you're working on your weaknesses You're your, okay. through, through the mental training via weaknesses, yeah. via the mental training. So you're just visualizing the weak elements of your game and working on them mm-hmm. as if you were actually on court.
1: Exactly, and it's a fine yep. balance that because you don't you don't want that then to tip into negativity as well. So you right. know you've got to work, and and the players I'm working with, we get them to understand stuff like gratitude and appreciation, and actually you know doing a lot of work away from the visualizations and and setting them tasks during the week and setting them ways to think about things. A lot of reflective practice. I, I ask a lot of my players to journal a lot, and they journaling in the morning and the evenings, and they. They are setting some, some, some goals for the day and then they hold their day up for a view at the end. Um, a big part of squash mind is also a lot about the Stoic philosophy. And I, I've, mm-hmm. I've been really into that the last several years myself. And A lot, so, of, a lot
0: of the most uh, successful players on tour, uh, the guys that we really look up to, uh, seem to apply yep. that uh, Stoic.
1: I mean, yeah, the guy uh, James
0: Wilskrip comes to mind.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. And it is interesting because the, the definition of Stoic is is not necessarily what the stoics were like stoic can kind of come across as cold and no joy and no emotion and very very almost like boring in a way but it's actually the stoics view of the world that is really interesting They're, one of their, their their cornerstones of their philosophies is we don't control what happens but we control how we respond and so much of of that for me spills into squash mind going hey yeah. we don't we, there's so much out of our control but what we can control, we are going to really cultivate and foster that, and and it goes into loads of different lessons about different Stoic philosophies and bringing them into sport and adversity and, yeah, how 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 you have a viewpoint of the world and how that when you get onto a squash court, you know what it it, it should be a lot easier when when you have this balanced view and you're able to handle obstacles along the way.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing. Uh, well, I mean, I think we're just, we're building towards getting into the app, but I think it's all connected, anyways. But oh, yeah. um, uh, one thing for me personally, and I think I see it a lot in top level players at t- at the top of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes I used to find myself thinking of like negative, thinking negatively, like before a I, match, before a game. I'd say, you know, what's the referee going to do this time, or you know, uh, you know, what am I, you know. Uh, just kind of a, a lot of negative thoughts that, that I'd be thinking about that would, that I would think would be circumstances yep. going on to the court as a, exactly. you know, and that, 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 those types of things don't help. And you see, I think I see a lot of that in a lot of the top players. I mean, you see them, mm-hmm. they get on court and then suddenly, you know, they're, they, they get upset very easily. they, Yep. And then that impacts several points into the match.
1: Um, Master, yeah. so, I
0: mean, so, obviously mental, this comes into play with what we're, we're talking about yeah. today.
1: So, again, I can't claim credit for this, but there's, there's a whole bunch of lessons on the app. And what, what I do with the app, I, again, a lot of this is just, I'm super interested in, I borrow from lots of different areas. So And I just put my own version and my own spin on it. Um, there's a whole bunch of lessons called acceptance. And it's yeah, all about I've, that. I've, that's in my yeah. notes.
0: I wanted to ask you about that word, because I know that means... Yeah. Uh, And so
1: I I first heard that from Ali Farag. He worked closely with Mike Way at Harvard and Mike Way, apparently, and I've only heard the second hand, used to talk a lot about acceptance and that idea of, yeah, accepting the situations. It's it's a very stoic philosophy that as well. It's very much, you know what? We're going to have a bad ref. We're going to have an opponent that's going to cheat. We're going to have a crowd that's against us. We're going to have obstacles. And in a way it's about accepting what that is and, but not being passive with it, being being proactive with that—that—that—that's what it, where it can become construed as quite negative. Going, oh, I accept it's bad, and I'm just going to sit back and you know, oh, what what is what it is. But the idea about practicing acceptance is is to not let those negative emotions come to the surface. You know, it's 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 trying to make sure that right this has happened, and so much of this acceptance is linked to negative visualization. Those two things for me go really close together, yeah, yeah. And, and the more you can rehearse bad situations and accept that things aren't going to go right you know what when they happen and if you especially have put solutions in place that's the key it's not just so i guess yeah
0: for for people to maybe identify those bad situations that oh, exactly. that happen again and again and again then sort of revisit exactly. them but in a acceptance uh, following sort of an acceptance right. type of
1: yeah. So, for your example, um, you know, if you'd maybe rehearsed this and you'd actually still felt the same feeling of of that negativity before you going on, I would have hoped that maybe you would have done enough rehearsals and mental things that going right. I'm right before the match again. I'm feeling these negative thoughts, and here's my solution to get out of it. Whether it be a breathing technique, whether it be a in the moment, because. What you're doing there, Jerry, is you're projecting future outcomes already. You're not you're not staying in the moment. You know, you're going, yeah. hey, like negative because it could be a bad ref or a bad opponent or off. you're projecting what's going to happen. You've got actually no idea what's going to happen, yeah. and what what you do have control over, you have control over what you do and your decisions in that moment. And the more we can get players, or the more I can work in getting players to keep recognizing these thoughts and for them to come back into the moment and stay with that moment. That for me is one of the most powerful things that can, that can help those reactions going crazy. And even if you get a terrible call, you might react for a split second, but how can you do things to reset and bring you back into the moment? And you know what? We can't expect players to do that under pressure. If you've not trained it, that's my big philosophy on this is.
0: So you've got the the scenario where like, like, like you just said, for example, you know, you might have a referee who you feel has been against you in the past, or, you know, there's a player who's going to stir up trouble, with mm-hmm. the ref or be a little bit boisterous or do some blocking, but uh, you accept it. Yes. Yeah. It, you know, that, that it is what it is. I'm just going to play my game. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to play my best. And that exactly. it, that's something that, yeah, I have to handle, but it's
1: I have to handle it. I have yeah. to deal. Going into the Stoics again, how much control do you have over that referee or your opponent blocking you? You've got zero or point one percent control over it so why why is the focus on them why why are we Hmm. putting our focus on something that is outside of our control so that for me is is where it becomes really interesting and like i said we can't just expect to turn our mind to that that's where training comes in and you know i guess it goes back
0: to the visualization right that 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 part where you okay you're visualizing how you know the positive way of handling dealing dealing with those situations right
1: and a lot of the negative visualization, you you might, and again, what I do with some of these, I get the player to purposefully react badly. So they get a bad decision. They react badly. They're shouting and screaming. They lose the next five points. And, and, and what I'm trying to do is get players to feel those feelings and those emotions and that situation and go, right, so we've done our bit there. Now go back, rewind, go to that exact point again, and now visualize your solution. You've got that bad decision, right? How are you behaving in these next few moments that's ultimately going to determine the next five points? And again, that's exactly what the visualizations go through. They go through those scenarios where you're getting properly stitched up, the ref, the the opponents, and actually control what you can control. Get back Mm -hmm. into that moment. And the more you can do that, and the more you leave those external factors aside, you know what? You're going to give yourself a pretty good chance of, of competing again. Yeah.
0: For sure. Now I'm just going to pick and choose my spots here based on, on the app, and then uh, later on maybe you, you can you know identify something big that I probably will miss. But uh, <laughs> okay. you, know, you you okay. We talked about acceptance. That's a huge thing, and it's obvious from the way you uh, described it there that that we should all be uh, approaching it that way in some way, shape, or form. It makes sense. Uh, what about the, the breath? Mm. Mm.
1: So What's yeah, like on the, the breath. Again, so so focusing on the breath, that's definitely much more of a a meditative tactic. It's a, a lot of a lot of meditation. I'm trying to bring into it. I, yeah. I practice meditation myself, and I'm continually working on it. And you know, you can do the breath, you can do the visual field, you can do your body. Well, you can. What do, I like um,
0: about, about the app because I'm not a I've, I've taken yoga. I took yoga in the past, and it, there was always the one. There was this one class. It was fantastic. The yoga, right. the stretching, and stuff. But it was always at the end of the class. Where yeah. I could not uh, meditate. Like, okay. <laughs> and he'd always yeah, do the meditation kind of... at the end. But what I like about the app, what you've got here, is the fact that uh, you've got a guided, uh, the guided meditation, which you Correct. really to try, try to help uh, guys yeah. who have no ability to meditate, like myself, to help us yeah. get over that hump.
1: And, and same, I, I use a, a, a couple of different meditation techniques and I'm, I'm still working on them. But what I've tried to do with the app is is, is list several different guided meditations from the breath, and, and the breath is the most common one because when you do get control of your breathing, it has it has some great health benefits within you and, and the way your diaphragm's opening, the way the blood's moving around. So that's the scientific side. But it's the one thing that we can actually really focus on and control because we're it, like, it's, it's happening all the time, but actually what I've discovered in the last few years, breath is great. But like I said, visual field, when you close your eyes, it's not all black. You know, you can focus on your visual field. You can focus on a body scan. So you can focus on tingling and sensations throughout your body. You can focus on sounds. There's so many different ways to have guided meditations and the ones on the app, you know, they're short, they two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, and they're meant to be there to, to punctuate your day, to go, right. You know what? I, I need to do a little meditation. I need to you know just just clear my mind. And one of the best descriptions I heard of meditation was actually from Hugh Jackman. He was on a great podcast um, about six months ago. And he says when he meditates and he does these micro meditations in the day, He says, imagine like going to the tap and pouring a glass of water, you know, you turn the tap on and all the water goes into the glass and it's bubbly and there's a few white bits in there and it's all, it's all over the place. He says, that's what his brain is like right before he meditates during the day. It's all, it's all a bit of a a maelstrom and all going all over the place. And he says what he feels like, as soon as he just does a bit of a micro meditation for two minutes, three minutes, he just feels like. It's exactly what happens to that glass of water. If you let it sit for two or three minutes, everything settles, it comes clear. You can see through the glass of water. And he says, when he comes out of it, it's just like, it's a clear glass of water now. It's not a glass of water that's been poured from the tap in that first instance. And I thought that's one of the best ways and best analogies to describe what's probably happening happening in in your head. Well, I know this happens to me. I know before a a chat or in, in between things or something important, if I just take a little micro meditation, I'm in a much clearer frame of mind to do it. So yeah. yeah and and just on the last point about these, the breath and, and these meditations, there's also just one meditation on there where it's just pure music. So I would encourage people to not always rely on a voice. I think it takes practice. Yes, maybe do a lot of the early meditations with guidance and stimulating and, and, and someone telling you what to focus on. But ultimately, I encourage my players to take their ownership and their own control. And actually, if you can do it just with music or even, even better, just set a timer on your watch for two minutes. And if you can meditate and and just get into that place about keeping presence, you know what, that's going to start to come prevalent when you're playing under pressure as well. So that's where I think you can, you can mix it up a bit. And, And that's what the app is meant to do. It's meant to, it's meant to service a lot of different areas and, you know, not everything on the app will be applicable for everyone, but I'm quite confident that someone will find at least a, a few lessons that they can turn around and go, hey, that's brilliant. I really resonate with that and I can use that in my day-to-day life. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I'm, de- I'm going to go back into the, those two-minute meditation, the guided ones anyways, that'll yeah, help me get on the right track. But I think you probably, like you said, you probably want to go hands-off as well, like to allow yourself to try to, Engage in in that without any guidance. So exactly. So
1: I just on on my rough day, and again, this is just a me personal thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I always do a ten minute guided in the morning, and throughout the day, I'll probably then do micro meditations four or five times a day, anywhere between thirty seconds and three minutes, somewhere between there. And I would say it's pretty much. 60% 60% guided and 40% non-guided that's, and again, that, that ratio might change over time. Right. If you asked me a year or two ago, it was all guided. The whole thing I did was all guided. Right. And because I, I knew as soon as I didn't have a bit of a guiding factor, my mind would just be running a million miles an yeah. hour. Well, that, know, that's, I, that,
0: that was my experience when I was taking uh, yoga classes uh, several yeah. years ago. And uh, I think I'll mm-hmm. try. Yeah. I, th- I guess awesome. with the guide, with the guided element, that would get you going on mm-hmm. the right track and then you can, see what works for you in terms of doing it I think that, that's Exactly,
1: that's yeah. it's something that you you make personal to yourself over time you know there's not the model i've produced here on the app it's, it's not saying you is- have
0: to believe in it don't you because i guess part of it for me is like well, what's this going to do for me meditating yeah. Yeah. you yeah, gotta yeah. if you if you start to believe in it then eventually you'll you'll be able to do it on your own Better,
1: yeah and so when you talk about believe, and this is this is where I'm quite passionate about the app as well, there's a lot of lessons on there. And I'm going to continue to update them about why we do these things and the theory behind them, because I think as soon as we understand the benefits of visualization, the benefits of breathing properly, the benefits of micro meditations, the benefits of staying in the moment and, and not projecting future and past, you know, based on journals and based on the lab, but also based on firsthand experiences. I believe if 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 players and people become more educated in this, the buy-in is much greater, isn't it? You know, like anything, we yeah, you believe it more and you go with it, and that's a big part of the education side of the app as well, and 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 the training packages. It's it's not just going, hey, use this app and go into the world and and just believe what I say. Actually, I want to present people with some evidence that this stuff actually does work, and and you know, it could be great for you if you keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the app does uh, set itself up for that as well. And there's a lot you've got a lot of material on there. Another thing I wanted to ask you about as well, and maybe you've touched on just a a bit here already without me knowing uh, the mindfulness challenge.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, there's, there's when I, they, they were a later addition to the app and this is the whole part of Squash Mind where it, it's evolved. The initial thought of Squash Mind was all visualizations, all on-court stuff. But the more I thought about it and the more I reflected on my own experiences with visualization as a, as a player, it, it didn't fold or it didn't lend itself to these day-to-day experiences. And so the app, I think, is, is, is becoming a, a, a good ratio of mindfulness, of meditation, of, of real-life stuff like viewpoint of the stoics reflective practice as well as the squash stuff so thinking about you know i was actually out on a long run and it just came to me i was going yeah you know what i want to set certain tasks for people who are interested in this stuff so there's daily weekly and monthly mindfulness challenges so on the daily challenges there's stuff from expressing gratitude to um you know showing more empathy to listening more to to a whole bunch of different challenges it's just like give it like a like a 2 minute task so to speak and what it does it just gets people to go hey you know what i'm going to try that for today that's my task for today and i want to try achieve that goal and then obviously the weekly ones that's for 7 days and the monthly ones was for a month so yeah. and and they're all designed very specifically for those those reasons and again it's stuff that I personally do whether it's it's journaling a little bit more whether it's going yeah you know what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna really show gratitude today or I'm gonna do an act of kindness or I'm gonna offer a service and in my mind the more that that we can get ourselves doing it and the more people can do this it, your 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 mind your headspace everything is just in a much better place you know you mm-hmm. in, in simple terms I know this might sound a bit big but I'm trying to create better people off the court. So when they come to on the court and play in a match, you know what? It doesn't seem that big of a deal. It's not like you lose the passion for play and it's not like you become a Zen Buddhist. and you just, you, you've got no fire in you. That's not what I'm saying at all. But if you've got a balanced viewpoint of life and you are, you are on the lookout for these mindfulness things, mindfulness challenges, um, meditations, these small things you can do in day-to-day interactions, you know what when you come to play it's going to be a hell of a lot easier i believe and and well, and again it seems like
0: it's a, a great exercise for eliminating uh, just a lot of negativity that you that playing in big matches you know naturally it's going to bring with you
1: sometimes mm. and 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 on that negativity as well it's again the, the stoics were very big on they 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 didn't try and get rid of emotions they were actually really big on joy and they were big on tranquility mm-hmm but the one emotion that they were really big on eliminating in their life was negative emotions. And a lot of the writings from Marcus Aurelius to Seneca and all these people, they, they actually celebrated success and celebrated passion and joy and life, but they really worked hard on taking away negative emotions and the viewpoint of negative things. So, you know, doing mindfulness challenges is exactly that it's, it's cultivating a feeling and a sense and, and the endorphins in the body and, and the, 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 the good feeling you get from it is is so powerful for the minds you know so for me it makes complete sense to fold in these yeah. things in regard to competing as well yeah
0: I don't, I don't know if this has any connection to this to this, but uh, it was about I was maybe eighteen or nineteen years old just getting out of juniors and I remember in one of my first men's open events I had to play the, I was playing the number one seeded men's open player in my okay. province and uh, before the match in the locker room. We, I was, there was a, there were a couple of guys and we were just telling jokes, joke, joke, joke. And we were just laughing our asses off for, it was about 30 minutes. I go, I went on the court. I'd never beaten this guy before. And I hammered, it was three love and we were off the court and I was, I had, I was just so happy and just, you know, I had all these amazing emotions going on to the court in Mm. such a great mood and spirit. It was all about my spirit and completely.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Two, yeah. No, completely. Well, two things come to mind there as you say that. Think about you in the locker room, joking, messing around with your mates. How in the moment were you there? You were not projecting anything to the future, were you? You weren't thinking no. about the match. You weren't thinking about your previous thing. So you were cultivating an in the moment mindset right there and then. So that's the one side of it. But the other side, which is really interesting, is that whole joy side and and, and being so happy and and you know, when you, you know, even when you smile and you don't even mean it the chemicals in your body change. And they've done really interesting research about this. The whole concept of fake it till you make it, you know, there there is. I think it was
0: Paul Cole was saying, uh, I think it was recently how he, his coach told him or his mental coach told him to play like you're playing Monopoly at home or something. You're having a good time and you're having a good laugh on the court. So smile a bit more. He was telling him.
1: Yeah. Smile is a huge thing. And so, and again, the second point I would make there, I did go through a whole phase where, my pre-match ritual was, I picked three or four songs, put my headphones in, but I'd actually work with my sports psychologist at the time to transport me to certain areas of my life. One of them was having the bride, the barbecue with my mates on the farm. Another one was going to the beach, another yeah. one. Was, and it was all these very external factors, almost like big picture things going, you know what, I'm playing a game here. It, this is this is tiddlywinks compared to the, the, the massive world. Yeah. And it did for, for a good six months to nine months, it really helped my performances. So similar to you, I felt such joy walking onto court that, mm-hmm. you know what, I was like, and again, it didn't diminish me trying, but it diminished the fact of putting such an importance on this match that, you know, it didn't then spill into pressure. It didn't spill into my emotions going all over the place. And, yeah, I remember having – I remember clearly it was actually at um, – it was in Vancouver. What What's that club on the coast there, that uh, – Jericho. You've the Jericho, Jericho. Club. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember just being outside and just looking, looking whatever into the ocean and stuff. And I know it sounds quite hippified, this, but it wasn't. But mm. I had the music That's on. That's a city walking.
0: full of hippies in Vancouver.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, and, again, I, I – I, had some of my best ever tournaments there, you know, got to some semis and some finals of some tournaments where I wasn't even meant to even qualify past the first round, but it was, it was a happy place. And mm. if we can cultivate that happiness and that joy, bring it with you everywhere, bring it with you everywhere. And again, yeah. I want to make the, the point that, that this is not meant to be like, you know, we're, we're living in this delusional world that everything is flowers and rainbows and butterflies, but you know what, we can control those emotions within us and we can cultivate them in in a way that, that we can get past any obstacle. And, you know, with COVID and everything that this is throwing up, you know, personally I've I've never been in, in a more positive and creative headspace because of I think the things I've been doing for the last three or four years as a coach, not, not not so much as a player, that's cultivated maybe this creative scene now. And and again, I'm I'm really passionate to pass it on to others and 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 let others try it and try it on for size and see if it fits.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you also mentioned the uh, two there, another point I wanted to ask you about was the, the essential early listening. Mm, sure. Mm. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that's, um, that, that's again, very, I suppose what it says on the tin it's, it's a lot of what we talked about before about really trying to get people to understand why we're doing this to, to go, actually, you know what, before you dive into the app and before you really just jump off in all directions, cause the app can take you in all directions and you can yeah. get anything out of it. I always tell people to, I recommend go through that playlist. I think there's seven or eight lessons on there and I'm slightly changing a few of them, but it frames up exactly what the app is, why we're doing it, what neural pathways are working, the the, the theory and the education side behind the app, which I think is important because when I, when personally I've used other apps of maybe this nature it's almost just let you dive in and it's been a bit of a minefield about where to go, what section do I click on and that was I wanted to make it so easy. Again, I'm going to borrow something here from Leonardo da Vinci and actually Steve oh, Jobs yeah. later on. It's it's his quote was simplicity is the ultimate sophistication and right. that, yeah. that that for me is, is exactly what I want the app to be and ex- like how the, the, the training comes across and how people can use it. I want it to be so simple and so easy to use um, and, yeah, it's 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 still working. It's still a working process. I, think, yeah, I think for a lot of people,
0: the like visualization, mental training, it's kind of an area that I think maybe many people are interested in and maybe many people feel it's probably a benefit. But uh, mm-hmm. some people feel it's an area that they might not be able to tap into because it's kind of a tricky one, you
1: know. Exactly. Exactly. And and again, there is that fear. It's like, well, it it could be this big, heavy thing or a lot of what I hear, I've tried this in the past and it didn't really work. For example,
0: meditation, right? I mean, I'm I'm loath to go there because I've never, never done it properly
1: i don't think you know yeah. and and, and I, you probably reminded me like i probably need to do a little bit more theory based on on why we meditate I'm, i think i'm quite aware of it and i've heard some interesting stuff about it and what parts of the brain is opening up but yeah a, a lot of the meditation is is paying attention being aware being in the moment and 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 continue just checking in with yourself and the more you strengthen those neural pathways about about resetting and, you know, we're going to get thoughts. Even my two minute meditation, I have probably 20 thoughts in that. And that's fine. I'm not judging myself on it. I'm not being harsh on myself, but what I think I'm getting better at. And when people meditate more is they, they, they recognize the thoughts quicker and earlier and they don't let those thoughts run away. And then all of a sudden you finish two minute meditation. You've gone, Oh, was, was that it? I didn't even know what I did there. Whereas actually the <laughs> paying attention side of it is, is really interesting. So right. yeah, and I, again, I, 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 just, I, I passionate about that simplicity. And, and that's something I try to do on my coaching, on my on-court coaching. And I've been lucky enough to be told by a few people when they see some of the videos on squash skills or when I give them a lesson, that was really simple. And I could actually just get on and do it. And I have those people's voices ringing in my head thinking about, right, whenever I'm doing a lesson or designing a part of the app, I'm going, right, how, how can I make this simple for anyone to pick up and use? Right. Perfect. That's mm-hmm. perfect.
0: Uh, so, is there anything else? Did I did I miss anything there? Anything you want to uh, elaborate on or flesh out a bit more?
1: Yeah, no. There's a couple of things. Um, again, probably a more a couple of shout outs uh, in regard mm. to people. Actually, before I get to that, the one thing I've been really interested in, and and it might link it to this, I've been doing quite a bit of work with some um, American families. Um, so big shout out to Phil Wilkins, who's been my American contact there. So I've been working with a few of his players where we have a, a weekly Zoom call. Uh, we talk about stuff like we've done here. And then he's I a said pro
0: a squash pro
1: in the US? Was, okay. He was a Welsh a Welsh pro, I think he got to a decent world ranking. I don't want to quote what it was, but he played pro and he's been coaching in the states for he's about my age. um, Yeah, a good fifteen years and produced some really top players. So yeah, he's been a massive in. So he connected me with a few families um, and and these these kids are great. They're so open minded and we work on things every week. And he can have a great story. What happened uh, a few days ago in training? So two brothers. And um, AJ and Avinash and they were, they were training and and one of the brothers got injured. So they weren't going to continue the session. There was nothing more they could do. So there was still 45 minutes full was on with the other brother. And I think it was AJ. Sorry if it was Avinash, but one of the brothers, Phil came off the court and he had his headphones in and he was in a deep state of meditation. He was using the squash mind app all yeah. unprompted all by himself going, well, I can't train, but the one thing I can train is my mind. I can do some sort of exercises on my mind. And both Phil and I were just so enthused. And, and this is working with the guys for a couple of months that, yeah. that they jumping on to the app massively. And then what Phil has also kindly done, he connected me with Vassar college. So it's a college just yeah. outside New York, I believe I'm a liberal arts college. And actually in the last, Two months, I've been their, their, what you can call their mental coach, I suppose. So every there you week go. We jump, yeah. on, jump onto a Zoom call, I take them through some theory lessons. I set them some tasks. They use the app every week. They are continually working on their minds. And what all of this is signposting to is, and I've got to give a shout out to David Ames, who's the, the, the squash coach there and he's been brilliant right. and really helped and guided me. Um, but the mental health, uh, it, it, you know, as the more I've been doing this, the mental health of young people, it, we, we know how difficult it is and how many stresses and strains there are in this modern world. And we're hearing so much mental health issues that actually if something like squash mind can become a constant in people's lives where it's <clears throat> giving them lessons or theories or just pure interest stuff where it's opening their mind to different things. I'm, I'm very passionate about that. And, and I'm actually starting to cultivate more of the the mental health side of it and get, get, I'm going to get some research on there and I'm going to interview some, some doctors, a couple of squash players I know work in the, the so is there, is there a
0: culture. podcast? You had a podcast uh, uh, going on. Is, is that that podcast is kind of connected to what you're doing with?
1: Yes. Uh, it, well, uh, not I, I say, actually, no, because that, that, that podcast finished a couple of years ago now. So it's, okay. it's not actually massively connected to it. We did but a you, you could
0: potentially bring it back or bring something like that. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm definitely going to bring in, in conversations with into the app where it's going to be interviewing whether it's neuroscientists or squash players similar to what you do but definitely mm-hmm. not trying to compute because you're 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 the you're oh, the, yeah. the <laughs> part. Yeah, yeah. You're no. part, can I <laughs> but it'll be a, it'll be a slightly different angle where it'll be yeah it'll be maybe more of a mental health thing and so yeah it's been a great few months from developing the app to getting these these contacts within America Phil Wilkins AJ Avanash David uh Vassar College it's just been a real opening eye-opening experience and again, feel super lucky that I'm in conversation with, you know, a couple of other colleges and a couple of big organizations. I'm not going to say who yet, but that could be something yeah. that. I mean, that, this be- is sort of
0: uncharted territory for squash, isn't it? I mean, obviously yeah. the players have mental coaches, but actually having a squash, you know, former squash pro, squash coach, mm-hmm. someone who is passionate about that solely uh, and mm-hmm. is a squash player brings another takes it to another level
1: basically yeah and again i i actually looked i did a bunch of research on the app store and and what what other apps are out there to compete so in the first instant there's 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 literally zero squash apps and some of the squash apps are just marking apps or just the signpost to to some lessons basically so but then i looked at um you know headspace and waking up apps that were all based on meditation and mindfulness and they were brilliant and, and i actually used them myself and then there was a bunch of sport apps which were maybe one for golf, some for football where it was talking about the mental side of this. But for me, there was actually no overspill between the two. And there was there was the mindfulness, you know, very peaceful side over here. And then the visualization side over there. So what I think I've tried to do is actually bridge the gap quite well as going, right, I, I'm bringing both things to the party. I'm going, yes, we're doing some real on-court practical stuff. But I'm also really passionate about the the day-to-day, the journaling, the mindfulness stuff, the gratitude, all the stuff that makes us into better people and better humans and how that can all spill over. So yeah, I definitely think it's 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 at the cutting edge. Yeah. <laughs> no one else has done a, a squash app yet, I believe, and I'll, I'll stand corrected if someone finds it. But yeah, in particular in this field where it's easy, it's, it's really affordable as well. I've, I've tried to make it really cheap. It's you know, it's 40 pounds for a, a one year access to all of the lessons. So, okay, yeah, you know, which is, which is less than the price of seeing a sports psychologist once, which will only be a fact finding mission. So that's, that's my little sale is, is going you, you, know, yeah. you, could, you could, you could spend 40 pounds and get one year's worth of lessons and mindfulness and tasks and stuff there. And, you know, and, and, and then the whole training package side of things is, is that side of the business is expanding, you know, Vassa college and, and, and some of these are families in America and like I said, there's some interesting conversations happening this week just gone and next week about how I could roll this out onto a bigger scale and almost create a, like, a, like a, a syllabus, you know, where it's, it's going, you go. hey, you know what? Here's, a, here's a three-month, you know, every week this is what you do and, you know, a three-month program in regard to improving your mindfulness and your mental toughness. So, there I know probably on loads there,
0: but no, no, no. Well, I was going to say, I mean, just on top of that, uh, I mean, as, a, as I told you, I think you know, I play a little bit of golf. It's a game that's come to me after squash. And yeah. uh, and as you know, it's a hugely mental battle, a lot, very big mental battle, like squash is in a, in yes. a lot of ways. But uh, yeah, you're, you're, it's a very lonely one. And I have two books written by the same sports psychologist. His name is Dr. Bob Rotella. I don't
1: know if you've okay. ever heard of him. Yeah. No, but, but I, uh, I want
0: to know about him. Yeah, he. Uh, but in one of these books, I think in both of them, actually, each chapter is basically him. It's it's. They're all anecdotes of players that he's worked with, the struggles they went through, and how they how he sort of overcame them. So I think it might be interesting to mm-hmm. sort of put something like that together, where you've got you know, twenty yes. different scenarios of you know squash players who've experienced mental Issues and dealing, right, exactly. uh, you, know, so, you know
1: what I mean? Yeah, oh no, completely. And, and can yeah. we do me a favor after this? Could you just email me the, the the name again and just the books? Because I'll probably have a look at those in, yeah, and sure.
0: research. Them sure. One one's called "The Golf Is Not a Game of Perfect."
1: Okay. Cool. And nice. the nice. other
0: cool. one is called "The Fifteenth Club," which is okay.
1: this one. Right. That's it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I like that. Good, good names as well. And I'm I'm sure you've come across Timothy Galway uh, in a game of tennis, in a game of golf. Have you come across his work?
0: No, no, I haven't. I'll okay, take a look. Okay. At it. Okay. Okay. Yeah,
1: really, really thin, small books. Um, written in the, hold on one second there. <laughs> I literally got it. It's one of my my go-to books. Um, the Inner Game of Tennis. Okay, it's, the yeah, Inner, yeah, yeah. Good. And when when I was doing my, my master's research, uh, Nick Matthew, Laura Massaro, Allison, James, Vanessa Atkinson, all say that book, the Inner Game of Tennis one, is it was their go-to psychology book. Okay. They all read it. They all said as soon as they read that, they started to see things completely differently. And okay. so he's written golf one as well, um, and a lot of sports psychologists I've spoken to say that's one of the the gateway books into oh. so much sports psychology. And it's the, still sem- so the character- seminal book. The seminal. it's one of the seminal books, and yeah, it's super. Well, uh,
0: okay, definitely. So we've got uh, for the listeners, anyways, we've got the inner, the inner, inner game of tennis, inner game of tennis go to that one because a lot of the top pros have gone to that. And then uh, I guess uh, what I was saying about Rotello was his approach to writing those books was sort of an anecdotal approach and, you know, different scenarios with different players and how they, what they had to overcome and how they overcame or did overcome.
1: (laughs) And and one, one last thing on the app, which might link into what we just talked about here, there's a whole section on, podcasts, books, and lectures. So yes, um, yeah. in the setting section, I, I I reference books like that. And I go, hey, listen, this podcast I've just listened to blew my mind. Go listen to this. Or this TED talk about um, the power of sleep and how sleep is our mm. superpower. You there's know? a couple so, of good ones there, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ted, so, was yeah, it Walker? Yeah. I forget his name. Uh, yes, yeah, Matthew Walker, yeah. And, Matthew and Walker, book. that was a good
0: one, yeah.
1: Just brilliant. Uh, his book, and actually there's a couple of lessons on sleep in the app. Um, so yeah, what, what I personally do is I, I try... Get all this information from those different sources, and I try and distill it in the most simple human way I can, if that makes sense. And and that's 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 how I know I learn well when something's put across in a very simple way. And yeah, I, again, super interested. So those books, I'm going to get them, and then maybe distill them into a squash version at some point, and, and see how that goes, and, and stick them on the app.
0: Perfect, mate. Now, uh, okay. now you before you go, Jesse, that you know you're you're here, and I've got to got to ask you this. This is squash. Uh, squash coaching question a selfish one on my behalf but uh you know lately I've been and, and I remember you did a great series on uh, footwork movement footwork patterns uh, about two three years ago and um you know I'm in my 50s early 50s now and I'm finding that I'm not reacting I'm, I'm on the tee I'm in a great position but I just don't I'm not following the ball, following up on the next shot as quickly and as efficiently uh, as I used to. So is there is there something that I, or any players experiencing that those issues? Because, I, I, you know, I'm following the ball, and, but I'm not reacting as quickly as I used to. Obviously, I'm not as agile as I used to be, Maybe maybe not as quick off the mark as I used to be. But I think what I was trying to do the other day was to – Anticipate the next shot a little more quickly, and I yes. think that that kind of, if I can get into that sort of mm-hmm. mindset, where okay, you you see, you know, you you cut the angles out there, you know, he's only got exactly. two or three options, so be yeah. ready for those.
1: Yeah. Something- so yeah, no, a very a very common thing that happens. I, I've had a few conversations with this over the last few weeks or so. So there's a whole couple of there's a whole bunch of things. Let me let me try distill them in a, a simple type of way. Um, yeah. I'm I'm big on again, we'll link it to movement a lot. Big on that idea of 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 really connecting that follow through to that really flushed out movement back to the T. So if you can, if you can st- I know I'm going back a couple of steps here, but if you can really get through that shot and really move lightly and quickly, you should be able to get this idea of this this real deceleration around the T. I, I never want you to stop at the T. I want you to get to the T, but slowly decelerate. And yeah. as you're decelerating, you'll be in this lovely. almost like a little bit of a floating zone where where you're decelerating but you're floating and you're starting to come up onto your toes as you're watching your opponent and from there it's the timing of that next movement it's that timing of that split step and that that first boom right quick little movement because of that deceleration and that deceleration only happens because of the proactivity of exiting your previous shot you then decelerate a little bit and then that split step really get you in tune with your opponent. So it really takes away that idea of settling on the T and watching because watching is fine, but watching yeah. is only half, half the battle. And well, you don't opinion, want to get only...
0: sunk in watching.
1: Uh, exactly. Like, you don't so, want to so, sit on
0: the sofa watching the, like you're watching the TV.
1: Exactly, and and that's such a common fault. So, and and I'm watching. I really am watching. I I actually see the ball coming off the strings, and I know where the shot's going. So I go, fine. You, you, you've covered that base, but there's fifty percent of the problem where you're not connecting your deceleration in order to split step and then cut out those angles. And yes, exactly that, anticipate. You said the word anticipate and almost in a way you don't want to obviously blindly guess, but you want to go, what, I'm going to hedge my bets. This looks like a straight drive because it's a very common setup and the way he's set up and the way he's striking. So you know what, once you decelerate and split step and you go, you know what, the odds are straight drive, boom, everything yeah. becomes more in your favor. You are, you're becoming much more proactive. And yes, obviously age is a thing and, and it, one will slow down a little bit. So you obviously got to respect that side of things. But Jerry, look at you, man. You look like a, a pillar of, of God, God-like there. <laughs> Tanned and playing golf all day. not about being coming slow. You're looking awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I, I played well this week,
0: but yeah, that was something uh, that, that sort of, uh, I've been trying to work on. And mm-hmm. I figured, you know, I knew this, uh, we had this podcast coming up and who better to yeah. set me going in the right direction
1: than the well, Mr. On, and that, Mr. Like, on that little tip I gave you, where, where do you think you're falling down anywhere on, on any of those things? Can Can anything resonate? Yeah, I
0: think you? probably where I, I get kind of maybe sunk in there on the T, I'm a little too grounded there, as, as opposed okay. to, like you said, uh, should kind of decelerate. Exactly. Can, can, Sort of like you're moving. And one guy that that really I love his movement uh, fr- uh, from the ball to the tee is uh, Ferris uh, Dusuki.
1: Uh, yes, he's yeah, very uh, very good. I
0: just love his movement patterns. Uh, they're very yeah. efficient and very yes. powerful, but also smooth and.
1: Yeah. But you you just said the word that Powerful. He's powerful at the right moments. He's not just powerful the whole time and then settles on the tee and is then powerful again. You know they yeah. they. Again, th- there are some players that are very powerful, but they're powerful in just like in, in in the bursts. They are powerful, are not at the right time, and they 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 timing them wrong. Where someone like dazuki his power is at that key moment, yeah. and then he decelerates beautifully. And he almost—it's well, almost he deceler- like you
0: described it, right? But as he's a pro, he he approaches the tee. It's almost as if that when he's approaching the tee, he knows that's part of the anticipation of the next shot. Okay.
1: Exactly. And then and then he also decelerates the other part of deceleration is when you split step well and then you're moving, you can then ideally decelerate just before you hit that shot, you know, which is lovely. That really mucks up your opponent's movement. Where if you time it well at the T, if you anticipate, you're quick, but then you start to decelerate and then you go again. And there's a ratio I talk a lot about about power, power, ease. So it's that initial power when you hit the ball. So it's that power when you hit and that power in the follow through. So that's your first two bits of power then you ease and decelerate around the tee. And yep. then the opposite happens again. In, in an ideal world, you power with your split step, you power your first movement, and then you decelerate when you're getting close to the ball. And actually, th- there's time to take the ball early, and I get that. Volley and inject pace, great. That's that's definitely part of it. But I'm just talking about in, in more of a, a neutral phase of the rally where, where there's yep. no obvious openings and you're not under obvious pressure at the same time.
0: Yeah, I get, and I guess uh, if you overcommit, uh, going to the tea rather than sort of decelerating you're you're giving yourself away
1: uh, oh completely and, and again like and, and you will settle so much even if you are quick to the T and actually the quicker you are to the T the more you might settle on the tea which is which is yeah. even worse Peter Nickel was the best at saying it he said I never move to the T I move through the T I think that's a yeah, great description isn't it? it it just sums it up perfectly he never moved to the T it was always like he he lulled and then he moved through it, which which is a perfect way to do it. So yeah, good luck. We all want to move
0: like 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 Peter and and you, Jesse. So uh, oh, please thank. come on. But I've <laughs> seen really a few of your matches. Gonna... I mean, your your movement was was you know, that was one of the the. The, the better parts of your game not not to say that you didn't have a well-rounded game but, but you no, moved totally
1: well. I, I, I moved to the UK and was so underformed in regard to my tactics my technique my mindset but you know what I was I was just lucky enough to have had good movement training and growing up playing multiple sports in Africa and you yeah. know I, I just think I was able to punch way above my weight um, because my movement was was efficient it was good it was natural and yeah so when I come to coach I tend to start with that I go you know what let's get your movement right and it'll probably unlock so many parts of your game your overall game might improve you might improve your movement by two or three percent but your yeah. overall game might improve by ten percent just from that two percent improvement in movement because it has an unlocking ability in my opinion so you yeah, uh, know I, probably I, I
0: true to... for a lot of a lot of players who you know potentially could be quite good that i mean that seems to be what limits them the most they just get to the balls too early or you know they're yeah. really quick and athletic but they're
1: yeah. Clearly. And that's why I look at someone like Paul Cole and how he's um again mm. complete pure athlete. But what he started to do now, he started to time his movements so much better. Yeah. He's not well, he's amazing. not just like a pure beast anymore, he's actually flowing so much better and he's starting to be yeah. really efficient with his movements. Like like
0: night and day from three years ago to now, yeah. you
1: know. He yeah, whereas before he was just a raw athlete, just sprinting, or and, and again, probably someone who or what not someone who's a bit older than when Miguel Rodriguez won the British Open. Yeah. If you had to watch how Wally played in that British Open, and if you go back maybe a year or two before that, he was diving, he was doing all his antics. In the British Open, he only scrambled a tiny amount of time. He had this really controlled movement throughout the whole tournament, and in particular the final. He wasn't rushing. He was almost walking around the court. Yeah. And he actually got the sweet spot of he had the athletic ability, but he just left that in the bottom drawer. He said, well, I only need to scramble if I need to scramble, and he actually, yeah. I and I think I can see Paul Cole going along that way. He's almost changing his movement. Absolutely, yeah. Move he
0: he rarely. I don't think he do, he doesn't dive anymore.
1: No, not anymore. No, no. no. <laughs> that, that, that's a sign. Okay, it looks glamorous, and the PSA love it, and the photos yeah. are amazing. But that's a sign of someone who is who is just just reacting and under pressure and scrambling. You know, why would you want to be in that situation often, and why would you want to become known as someone who dives? Because yeah, it's glamorous, but man, that's 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 not a not a great way to win tournaments. And no, and not. you see how Miguel evolved and I think how Paul Cole is in that evolution phase, it, it's amazing. And yeah, watch the space on, on the next two years for him, I think, which could be could be amazing. <laughs> it's gonna be
0: exciting. Yeah. Well, Jesse, uh, really appreciate your time today. That was great. Uh, the mental uh, aspect of the game, the uh, the squash mind, uh, the app is out there, and uh, people want to find
1: it's, it's not the squash mind. So just squash mind. Just squash um, mind. People want to find it. How mind. do they?
0: Uh, how do they do that?
1: Yeah. So uh, literally on any app store provider, Android or app uh, or the app store, just type in squash mind. It comes up. Uh, there's only one of me there, um, and then <laughs> there's there's a website, uh, squashmind.co.uk. Uh, it talks a little bit more about the app and some of the theories behind it. You can actually sign up for the app via the website as well. Okay. So yeah, website and app are the two big things. Uh, social media channels are all up and running now. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, got got to, got to be on those things to to yeah. get get it out there. So yes, yeah, Squash Mind as a as a brand is 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 out there at the moment and hopefully gonna gonna grow in the next few years or so. And for, final shout out as well. So yeah. um, there's there's quite an interesting relationship and partnership between myself and Squash Skills. We're we're probably oh, yeah. gonna come courses, which really nice. It's a natural link because I already do a lot of work for them. But yeah, so it could be interesting, and, and they're gonna be helping launch it a bit more globally in the in the in the coming months and year or so. So that that could be good fun. Well, definitely, yeah.
0: that's gonna be a huge addition to to already what squash skills does and uh, incredible what they're doing now but the the mental part of the game uh i hope next time we hook up jesse i'll be uh i'll be able to met i'll be up my meditation game
1: <laughs> excellent <laughs> okay, thanks, for the, thanks for the um ability to talk about it today and as you can see passionate and love it to bits and yep anyone who wants to contact me you know where to do it well thanks so much
0: to jesse for that Always uh, fantastic having him on and there's always so much food for thought especially with uh, with this one squash mine to go to the app and check it out I've already done that I've downloaded the app and I've been trying to get my uh, you know my my, uh, meditation uh, game uh, stepping that up uh, with a bit of luck uh, recently so I'm going to see if that uh, is something that I can get into on a routine basis, but so much more uh, on there, particularly with respect to the specifics of the uh, the mental game as it regards uh, squash so looking forward to uh, to seeing uh, how this shapes up going down the road as well there's so much more out there I'm sure that Jesse's uh, got uh, ready to uh, to develop so. Thanks so much to Jesse. And again, everybody, thank you. We're going to have uh, Ong Hee so stay tuned for that one uh, in a day or so, maybe even today. I might even, if I have time, uh, drop that one uh, today as well. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and have a great day. Goodbye now.